Welcome, folks. We're running it back yet again. Mike Palmer here, Tarlin Ray. Uh, Tarlin, how you feeling today? I always, I, I really appreciate you always asking me how I'm feeling. You really are empathetic. Yeah. I'm doing great, but let me flip it around. How are you doing? Um, tolerably well, you know. We're here to talk about one of the most surprising, shocking days in the history of the NBA. But yeah, I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm doing fine. I think we're going to try to, you know, get in the Wayback Machine today to take ourselves back to, to a little year I like to call 1991. And November 7th, in fact, is the date that we're, we're taking ourselves back to. And we're talking about someone who is very important to you, Tarlin. So someone we've talked about before, an NBA legend, Hall of Famer. How do you want to bring us into to today's story? First of all, 1991 was a very interesting year. Uh, March of that year it was probably the first time we saw on video, on TV, some police brutality, the mm -hmm. Rodney King beating. So that was at first the beginning of the year and then go to November 7th, 1991. I will date myself. I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. I was in basketball practice when I heard that everyone needed to rush to our radios, which meant we ran to our cars mm -hmm. to try to hear a press conference because Magic Johnson had something important to say to the world. Yeah. And this is a Magic Johnson who's at the height of his powers. Yeah. Had just yeah. lost in the NBA finals to an ascendant Michael Jordan. Who had, who had figured out the Pistons and then yeah. befuddled the Lakers painfully yeah. in that yeah. finals. It was still a competitive finals. It's interesting just to think about the NBA history. By that point, Magic had won five championships. Yep. And he was losing to this rising star in Jordan. Even had he lost that one, there, there was a sense that he would probably play Jordan again because there's a super team on the one side. They were a waning super team, but Magic was still a Hall of Famer, and he was heading into his 30s. Magic, five-time champion, Olympic gold medalist, won the duel of a century in college against Larry Bird, Michigan State team, three NBA MVP awards. He had to seat a couple of Worthy and Kareem. Yeah. Nine NBA finals. That's painful to say because that means he lost four and mm. Bird and Jordan are in there. Yeah, 12 yeah. all-star games. And he got his first coach fired. You, you don't have anything on your resume unless you get your coach fired, which means you got all the power. <laughs> Right. right, and you got right. you got you got to bring in the slick back Pat Riley. But on yeah. this day, Magic announces that he has HIV and that he's retiring from the NBA immediately. Yeah, this takes you back to perception of HIV and AIDS as well, right? So this was a transformative event because prior to that, HIV and AIDS had been marginalized. Generally, it's a, it's, it's a gay disease. It's not a, a mainstream thing for us to be careful about. Or drug use. Those were the two use, known, right? right? He, I they guess hemoph and then hemophilia was a boundary case, too. Sure. I remember that. There was that uh, the kid from Indiana, the, the hemophiliacs. But it was all exceptional and or deviant activity. So in that time, Dave time, you said the word deviant. Now, landmark Supreme Court case around LGBTQ rights back then... It's things you didn't talk about, you know, mm -hmm. you're far away from rightfully having a gay marriage in the law and things like that. So this mm -hmm. was just a crushing moment. And 
with the disease, this is HIV, not AIDS, which is mm -hmm. with the disease back in 1989, you had 24,000 deaths in the United States in 1990, 31,000. So mm -hmm. it's impacting society, but not yeah. at a grand scale, but still something that no one, they hadn't figured out what's going right. on. Right. So as soon as Magic City HIV, it was AIDS mm -hmm. and it set the NBA on fire. Yeah. I mean, it was, I still remember running out of practice, sitting in my black Acura Integra. Nice. Cars on. Yeah. And saying, what happened? Right. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Where, I, where were you? I was, I was a junior in college because I was, uh, you know, we're about the same age. I'm just really advanced, you know, so <laughs> that's probably a little bit. Sorry, sorry Doogie Hauser. All, all those AP classes and whatnot. But, uh, but I remember I was a junior, junior in, well, jun third year at New College, you know, I went to a, to a sort of alternative ed school in Florida. But uh, yeah, I remember watching the news. It was like the, the headline news, the half hour news brief in the, in the, the, the student lounge there. And it was on repeat. And this is before, like, there was 24-7 programming. This is at about, I think I saw the first news conference at about 11 or so. And then I just kept watching. Uh, it was sort of the, the, the beginning of the 24-7 news cycle, because it was also right around when uh, Iraq was happening, which was the, the CNN sort of thing. So this was headline news, which was like that. And they just kept looping basically the same news about Magic's uh, sudden retirement. And I just kept watching him deliver his announcement because I was just I, I was dumbstruck it was just outside of the realm of possibility and then it was reality and and I think that's very much why we thought we could talk about that now in 2020 because back in 1991 it was just mind-blowing that this was happening now this type of stuff's happening like 10 or 15 times this year this year has been inundated with tragic head scratching news that you just have to to really reflect on and that's where we were saying it also is a little reminiscent of january of this year when kobe bryant tragically died in the helicopter accident and and i remember thinking about that when we talked about that at the beginning of this year and at the time the kobe news just felt so earth shattering and in many ways it still is and was but that was also pre-pandemic, pre-George Floyd, pre-everything. But I, it still brings me back to that sort of flashbulb moment of, of magic and, and hearing the news. And then it is a very similar skill that I think we need to develop these days is to rapidly assimilate what is reality, even if it wasn't what you wanted. You know, you just have to then assimilate and say, okay, that is what's happening. And then what does that mean? And then for me, the lesson learned here was Magic's example, where he really did shift to a new mindset and a new life really for himself. And the fact that close to 30 years later, he's thriving is really a profound silver lining to that initial shock. Yeah, 100%. He's an advocate to have HIV awareness, AIDS awareness. So I think he's been a force for good mm -hmm. broadly. What really stuck with me, and we can do a walkthrough of what he did post, but it's such a parallel to what athletes are going through right now as the leagues are going back to play. Right. As they're dealing with COVID and how to manage something that no one 
people really don't understand. So right, right. back in 91, Magic retires. Totally on things are totally unresolved. He feels great. Yeah. He actually is a leading vote getter. And David Stern, to his credit, even though he's getting hammered by the press, allows Magic to play in that all-star game. Right. Mm -hmm. And he has Magic's own teammates, Byron Scott, AC Green, don't believe he should play. Yeah, yeah. Think he can catch it. Mm -hmm. Carl Malone was, was one of the bigger yeah. voices uh, dissenting because he did not want to catch something from Magic. So that's he, how... He, he called him a dead man walking. He's quoted yeah. as saying he's a dead man walking, which, you know, the... That, that dead man's put some steps on since 1991, you know? So, so that's how little we knew about it. He comes back in the All-Star game. It's magic. You yeah. Know, every, you love All-Star games. He wins the MVP. And then you forget that he retired mm -hmm. and played on the Dream Team. Correct. And if you look at Dream Team footage, he's still talking shit as if he is at the height of his powers because he knows he is. He right. is the alpha. Mm -hmm. And so when you watch Dream Team coverage or you watch The Last Dance, you forget – Mm -hmm. that everyone else is going off to play their season and he's retired. Right. But it was magic versus Michael. Right. Yeah. He, he was the, he was the, the declining alpha, you know, like sure. he, he but was still, but he still. Could, yeah. As, and, as, and, as, I mean, it, it is a, it's an amazing what if that I don't hear people talk about enough around the goat and the NBA and all that is what if magic had not gotten HIV? What if he kept playing? what would have happened in the next few years. There are arguments to be made that with the right personnel around him, Magic could have still done some damage. You know, they would have had to get the right... The, the challenge was that Kareem was gone, Worthy was in decline. They needed a fresh infusion of talent to kind of run with him. But he was, th what, 31, right? Like, still at Jerry West. Yeah, yeah. And Come he was, on. So I called I mean, Jerry Krause the GOAT. On, right. on one of the last, last dance. Uh, yeah, the last, yeah. Last dance. Yeah. But Jerry West, if you're going to put the two of the greatest GMs ever. Yeah, the Pantheon, so, the Pantheon. So don't, you, you have me, when we get off this, I'm now going to go cry because I'm going to be thinking about what we could have been. Yeah. Show, but a 6'9 point guard. Yeah. Who loved to pass, still has the per game average record of 11.2 assists per game. Right. Didn't need to dominate the stats from a um, scoring perspective, mm -hmm. rebounder. He was like the early triple double before Westbrook came and loved rebounding his yeah. own, own bricks. And, <laughs> he, and, and he had multiple comebacks. He, yeah. he dabbled with coaching the Lakers. I'll say dabble because that's a kind way to characterize uh, the brief. Uh, yeah, when Big Magic came back in 1996, that was tough to watch. So we, let's yeah. not even, please. Well, no, what happened. He came back as really a point forward by then. He, he was bigger and yeah, there, there was lots of, lots of ins and outs, but it was really more that initial shock. The early 90s were setting up as Jordan versus Magic. And then this was discovered right at the beginning of that season. It was in November of... 91 was the beginning of the 91-92 season that would really culminate with Jordan solidifying uh, the dominance of the Bulls as setting up for their first three-peat. But uh, you never know. You never, you never know, Tarlin. That's why they play the game. But now, that moment's still the top five, ten moments in your life. You say you know exactly where we're at. That's definitely one of them. You feel for Magic, but Magic has, if you learn anything, he truly has been, continued to be a light 
obviously he had to make good and talk to Cookie because yeah, obviously yeah. he was doing some extracurriculars that happened as a yes. NBA player. Correct. He has morphed into a fantastic business person, mm-hmm. contributed to the black community. Mm-hmm. But for me, I spent less time there because I, I can't get my head, my head's just wrapped around 3,250,000 positive COVID cases today in the US, mm-hmm. 136,158 deaths. Mm-hmm. When we first learned about the virus, it was don't need to wear a mask. Now you're mm-hmm. supposed to wear a mask. Don't yep. need to social distance. Now you should social distance. It's not airborne, but now maybe it is airborne. Yeah, yeah. And so imagine how ill-informed we were in 1991 about HIV. Yeah. That one person had to leave the sport. And one person caused the rule that still is in in effect today in Mm -hmm. all sports, which is the blood rule. Mm -hmm. So if you have any cut on your body, Mm -hmm. you need to either make sure you can uh, stop the bleeding there or you remove yourself from the game, make sure you have no blood on your jersey. Yeah. Because that is uh, one of the ways to spread infectious diseases through contact with blood. Yeah. That is the Magic Johnson rule. Right. Now, and, and you know Anthony Fauci may have had something to do with that uh, behind the scenes, but 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 absolutely, maybe absolutely. I, we should do some dick, deep digging because yeah, he's been yeah. around forever. And, he, and apparently he played point guard too. He apparently played point guard. Oh, at, I totally can see. Saint, I think it was St. Francis in Brooklyn. I can yeah. totally see yeah. that he yeah. balled. Yeah. I, I I I him I eyed him said that guy balled somewhere. Yeah yeah but yeah. Now we have players that are going into the complete unknown, the NBA bubble. Yeah. Where they have to have virus checks and they have to come back negative within 24 hours. Right. You have various contact tracing. You have something, advice you can wear where it will ping you if you're with, within six feet of someone. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, and you're in Orlando in July, right? Like it's not like to be locked in a bubble in Orlando in July is not the most amazing opportunity in this day and age. And then you're trusting uh, I heard uh, Dame Lillard talk about this. You're basically trusting the NBA players who are locked in to the bubble to a large extent to obey those rules when they don't generally like to be kept reined in too much while playing anyway. And now some players could be sneaking out, sneaking in, and then the bubble is 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 contaminated somehow and then it, it, it could really spread quickly down there so who knows but it just seems even if they keep it secure the 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 pains they're gonna have to go through to keep it secure is just gonna be nuts and then to your point it began, all began with i still remember when players would get cut and the medical trainee would be out there really fast things that we now take for granted both around cuts and even the concussion protocols but the idea that the medical professionals are on the court and the league is gonna have a level of professionalism around responding to medical risk. The NBA has demonstrated that they could do it, but HIV is a very different virus than COVID. It'll be very interesting to to watch. Uh, There's a lot to be learned from Magic's second, third, fourth, and fifth chapters. Absolutely. when, When a lot of people said, at the time, the perception was it was a death sentence. And then the level to which it was anything but that is truly inspirational. So while it was a negative shock at the time, it's one of those things in the fullness of time, Magic really took this bad deal and then through the help of 
modern medicine really has rallied and transformed how people think about HIV and how people think about responding to, to really devastating viruses. It's a pretty inspirational story. Yeah, and it, it caused one person to make a choice and remove himself from the NBA and at the height, and granted, he had been playing for 11 years, so that was his 12th All-Star game. So he was already on the decline, but 6'9", he was yeah. already slow. He was going to play for a while. Right. What's fascinating for me is the decisions that players are making right now right. to protect themselves and their family. And even, so before, one, and, he, and even before that, Rudy Gobert is, is sort of the anti-magic in, in a lot of ways in terms of understanding this virus, where magic back then historically is understood as someone who made the distinction between HIV and AIDS and showed that HIV was treatable. And then Gobert getting beat up in a number of ways, somewhat uh, reasonably, for not taking the, the potential transmissibility of COVID lightly back in March. But yeah, I, I jumped in. I got excited because of that connection. Yeah. No, and I, that's where I'm going. So magic was ostracized. Mm -hmm. And Gobert, March 8th, 9th, is the one touching every microphone. Mm -hmm. And then March 11th is the guy who brought down the NBA. Mm -hmm. And then Donovan Mitchell gets... Uh, he's tested positive later. Yep. If you read the reports, they're not buddies. It took a long time for Donovan to take that call. Yeah. So if you're already looking at Magic back in 91, worried that you're going to do something to me, what if that guy breaks out of the bubble and something comes back yeah. and becomes a patient zero? Yep. You just start to have this level of distrust, which is why mm -hmm. the pros, Mike Trout, is like, I'm not sure I'm going to go play. He is the number one baseball player. He's yeah. the number one draw. Right. We have players that, um, and maybe they're not at their height, that are not going back, uh, whether it's for their kids, whether it's for, because they're injured. Right. But it is, we know just as little about this disease. As the HIV virus, we we have more deaths now. Granted, disproportionate number of folks are eighty and up. Yep. Disproportionate number of folks could be fifty of pre-existing condition. Disproportionate number of folks, unfortunately, black and brown, mm -hmm. um, poor. But when we thought that the twenties and thirties were immune, now we're seeing college football teams having thirty cases of yeah, COVID-positive yeah, yeah. tests, and it's it's crushing crushing what is the industry, which I call college football and the moneymaker. Yeah. So I'm fascinated to see how the locker rooms are so tight. Mm -hmm. And that's how that culture is what drives winning. If something like this could cause rifts within yeah. the community of folks, because that effectively mm -hmm. is what happened. Maybe Byron's still pissed that he got traded. Right. Um, and I'm not sure. E.C. Green. Whether or not he, I don't know, he, sure he wasn't, he's still rocking a Jerry Curl, and sure he wasn't a, like, reaction wasn't Jerry Curl, it was a high, I'm thinking of Michael Cage, sorry, Jerry Curl, Michael Cage. I think um, AC may have, exper Jerry he may have experimented with the Jerry Curl, yeah, yeah, early, yeah. Early Jerry, then late, just, you know, nice, nice, nice yeah. fro. Yeah. But that, to me, is what I'm looking at. Right, right, And right. Rudy Gobert is not magic, mm -mm. but if you're going to follow that story arc, it's just, it's fascinating to see the World Health Organization, the CDC. I'm tracking what the pediatric group is saying because my daughters, whether or not they're going back to school. Yeah. We're as blind now as we were in 91. Yeah. Yet we're going for it. Yeah. And so for me, 
I appreciate a time being able to talk to talk about probably two or three of my favorite athletes of all time. Mm-hmm. But you know, he really was a martyr in that in that moment in time. There'll be no martyrs, but we're yeah. gonna. It'll be interesting to see the bad calls that are made as we still try to have sports play, which I'm hoping for. But it's gonna put some people potentially at risk. Yeah, and then I will say he didn't allow himself to become the victim of this, and he did demonstrate that he really could become the hero of his narrative. Granted, amazing medical help throughout and coming out of a place where he really could get the best care, but it's still hugely inspirational to see where he is now. And generally, the perception of HIV as a treatable virus now is largely reflective of some amazing science. The point about Dr. Fauci is in fact true. He really did lead much of the research and the turnaround in relation to HIV but then Magic really was able to listen to his doctors and really lean into his care plans in the same way that he was leaning into his preparation and training as a professional athlete. So a lot of positives to be drawn from there. As we're wrapping up though, Tarlin, I was curious what you thought about the people who were on the stage with Magic when he was giving his press conference, when he was making his announcement. I just felt like that was a very storied uh, deus. And I wasn't sure if, if you had a moment to kind of reflect on who was there when Magic made his, his storied announcement. I actually didn't. So I actually rewatched, and maybe it was only a minute 17 yeah. of, of a clip. Yeah. And Magic using the words I've, HIV virus that I have attained. It's yes. An yes. interesting use, yes. turn of phrase. Yes. But I, I, am I, maybe I can guess. Who yeah, was let's there. do that. Let's do it. How many people in total? Well, there were two of his Laker teammates were there. Okay. So, and then, so there were two Lakers. Let me, let me see if Jerry was there. Which both, Jerry? Were, were both Jerry's there? Both Jerry's were there. Jerry Buss and Jerry West were, okay. were there. Yes. Great. I'm going to go with James Worthy. No, I did not okay. see James Worthy there. And he was not, again, maybe he was. And James, you know, come at us. We're at, at running it back on Twitter. Let us know if you were actually on the dais, but I don't believe he was there. No. So now this gets a little, so I need to name two Lakers, right? And then, yeah. Yeah. okay. That makes it not, not the coach. Riley could have been on that stage, but he was coaching, oh. he was coaching the Knicks at the time. A terrible Knicks team. Got it. Nah. Just another shot. Settle, settle down. So and, was he still a current Laker? No, 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 no. Oh, so Kareem. Yes. Yeah, they're not. Okay, so I, was, not, I was thinking. I think a player. I thought I was. I was trying we'll to clean this all so, up in post. It's going to sound amazing. Why? Because I. This is part of the dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> so doubt. Kareem. Yeah. And was it another retired Laker or someone who was active? That he was. If he was playing, he was towards the end of his career. It was more like '80s Showtime. Running buddies, you know. So and, then, I only have is Cooper Loop, Michael Cooper. Absolutely. So Coop, okay. Kareem, Jerry West, Jerry Buss. David Stern, and and I think like his agent, or and then his then like a doctor, you know. But it was uh, and David Stern, not surprised because he really went and did everything he could for Magic. Yeah. That that does remind me as we think about COVID, what's going to happen. People still are unclear about what Magic actually has because one mm. of the smartest guys I think in the league, Mark Cuban, mm. Shark Tank fame, yeah. sold Barcast.com for what a billion dollars. Yeah. Really smart investor. Hopefully a friend of the show, maybe an investor in the show. We'll, we'll figure all those we'll things out. We'll figure that out. Straight. But also yeah. I'm making a specific call out to Fauci. 
Yeah. Come on, talk a little hoops. Come on, talk a little hoops. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on, let's bring it. So any of our listeners, there's a $5 Starbucks gift certificate to bring on new guests. But Cuban said it's going to be very interesting. He linked COVID to what happened with Magic. Mm -hmm. But he said Magic had eights, which means there's still a lack of understanding around what Magic had. Yeah. So just imagine how confusing it's going to be in yeah. the next few months around COVID pre-vaccine. Mm. So I'll, I'll leave you with that. Yeah. Always appreciate getting a talk. I will have to gird myself and get really prepared when we actually start talking about something, running it back around the Knicks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'm, yeah. okay. I'm okay. Well, I think an upcoming show we talked about is the story 1999 playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. playoffs. When the Knicks, without Patrick Ewing, made a storied run to the finals as an eight seed in the abbreviate, the strike shortened season. And plenty of lessons to be learned about that. Squad I look forward to that. I like David Goliath. I'm in. I'm in. So, uh, to, so folks, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon on Running It Back.